So I'm very excited for today's episode. I've got uh, Karen Andrea Stefan on the podcast. Karen is the co-founder of Earkick, which is an AI-powered mental health companion. So welcome to the podcast, Karen. Uh, it's such a pleasure to be here. And I've been listening to your podcast and I've been enjoying all the conversations you have with humans from all walks of life. Oh, I'm glad you got to listen to some beforehand. I did. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's really great to hear. So I'm really looking forward to today's podcast because I've been quite enjoying using EarKick for the past week. Uh, it's been a lot of fun testing it out and playing around. And uh, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to, to diving into some great questions for that. Uh, but, but to start things off, for all the listeners that may not be familiar with EarKick, how would you describe EarKick to them and, and what does it do? Well, you captured it very well. It's an AI-powered companion for mental health support. You can use it in a very intuitive way. It's an app, Android or um, iOS, and it basically functions as a diary slash companion slash uh, tool to make you as resilient and give you as much agency as possible in your life, whether it's your physical, mental health, or anything that you go through in life. It is easy to use because all you need to do is you speak into the app, you type into the app, or you video into the app. Only takes a few seconds. And while you do that, the algorithm, the AI measures your mental health state of that moment. It captures the context of what you say and how you say it, if you speak into it, and then it creates an answer. And the way it does it is with our mascot, which is a very cute uh, and very smart little panda. So you speak into the app, you'll get like a pre-filled diary of what's been happening in your life, how your emotions are, what your anxiety level is, etc. And you will get an answer from the panda that validates what you are going through, that shows you empathy, and also gives you a way to do something right away. So actionable suggestions. And it's hyper-personalized because you are the only one getting that piece of advice or that piece of content. It's based on what you have been saying, the context on your own data, etc. So it's only for you. And you also get weekly reports, you get daily quotes that are only for you. So you have this little companion in your pocket, in your app, that is there anytime you want to talk, anytime you want to chat, anytime you want to vent, anytime you want to do an exercise for mindfulness, breathing, meditation, whatever, or just look at your stats and see how things, the little things that you are changing in your life are improving your mental health. So in one sentence, EarKick measures and improves mental health in real time. It empowers you to do so with a very, very smart companion. It's a really cool app. Like I've been, so I've been playing around with it for the last week. And one of the things that really surprised me was just the privacy side of things. I think it's one of the first apps that I've signed up for where I didn't have to register or put my email in. And 
at first I didn't realize why, but after playing around with it, I kind of, yeah, it kind of came to me. I was like, oh, actually, I'm talking to the panda knowing that, you know, my, my data isn't in there is actually amazing because, yeah, I didn't feel like I was being judged or I felt like I could put put whatever I, I wanted onto there. So, yeah, like I'd love to know a little bit more about that that privacy side of things. How did, what was your guys thinking there? Because that's, that's really clever. It's, you, you captured it so beautifully. It's really one of our pillars because, you know, we're all on the spectrum of mental health, all eight billions of us. And we need to have a safe space to be who we are, to be naked, to be true to ourselves. And if you feel like somebody has your name and your, you know, and, and your knows all about you, you're going to be less open. Also, you really want to be able to talk about something very mundane, you know, maybe just, just had a bad day or somebody was mean to you and you want to do this in a very private space. So it's all about the trust that you can build with the people that need it most. I need it for myself. I use it for myself. And we, we did it from the very beginning. We wanted to make a tool that has, that doesn't compromise on privacy, that doesn't ask you to give something away before you get something. You know, most apps ask you for a lot of things and you're like, oh, so what's in for me, right? I give them my age, I give them my everything, my name, my nickname, you know, uh, my thoughts, my emotions. And then, you know, I don't even know what's waiting on the other side. So one of our values is to first give, to give give it forward and then make people understand how valuable it is to express themselves, to take things into their own hands. Um, and, and that has worked beautifully. We have, you know, tens of thousands of members that use EarKick and trust it because they've never been betrayed. They've never been shown an ad. They've never felt like there's something weird or, you know, any strings attached. And that's how you can build a foundation of trust. And that's how every movement, especially when it's about mental health, should start. Yeah, it's so amazing. Like I was I was actually very shocked because I journal quite a lot, just like with a notepad most evenings. And so I was actually quite surprised the third time I was speaking into it. I actually started saying some like quite deep and personal things. And so I was kind of shocked myself. I was like, oh, wow. I'm very trusting. <laughs> so I think that that kind of is a testament to just how well you guys have planned that privacy side of things. So that's, yeah, that's really incredible. It should be the new normal. It should be the default, you know. This is what we also want for everyone. We shouldn't be feeling like something weird is happening or, or, or our data is being sold to some company or to some marketing entity, you know. That's, that's not okay. We should be in control of our data and this you are at EarKick, we should understand our data and we should feel like it's just me, myself, and I when we talk about those matters, you know. Uh, and over time, and you may have noticed that, you get used to being honest. You get used to reflecting and to accepting yourself and to have some self-compassion and to get curious about yourself. and. There needs to be room for this development. 
there needs to be a space where you can really be with yourself and plan what kind of changes you want to make and feel yourself, hear yourself sort of, you know, and, and that takes a little bit of time. That's why it's not just like once or twice. You should actually get in the habit of, habit of doing that. And the more you do that, as you said, with the journaling, the easier it comes and the more natural it comes. And that, again, opens doors for us to not only connect to ourselves, but also to our environment, to our loved ones, to our families, maybe even to people who've been mean to us. And, and, and we get used to speaking about our emotions and to reflecting and expressing our thoughts without feeling like we have to be someone or we have to put on a mask, right? And that those are all things that we put into developing this app. In essence, it is a tool for empowerment, a tool to give you agency in times that have never been as uncertain, as stressful, as fast-paced, and as you know, unpredictable as today's time. Wow, that's awesome. So I'd love to kind of dive into, because it's such an interesting app, like how did this all come about? Where did you guys get the idea? And because you're a co-founder as well, like how did you guys come up with the idea? I'd, I'd love to know what the story for that was. Well, you know, we were both of us, my co-founder, Dr. Herbert Bay and I, we both came from different directions to the same conclusion. So he's, for example, he's a computer vision expert and he's been in human sensing for decades in AI and machine learning. So he witnessed people that he really admired, students of his colleagues, um, you know, get into trouble, have burnout problems, even suicidal ideations. And he felt like, oh my God, they're not rising up to their potential because mental health gets in their way. And not only did it seem like it came out of the blue, but it also felt so like you couldn't do anything. You could only react to it. And he was like, this has got to change. We have to be able to measure things before they become pronounced, before they become a problem. On my side, I was a professional musician for the first part of my life. And uh, I started having trouble with anxiety and stage fright very early. Um, I always wished for a little thing, a little companion in my ear that would help me in those difficult moments. You know, the seconds before you go on stage and sit down to the piano, um, or maybe the moment when you discover your parents are fighting and you just don't know what to do. And I was like, why don't I have like a little companion in my ear that whispers, breathe in and breathe out. And it's all going to be okay. You're a little nervous. I can sense that, but we're going to get through this together. So I always wanted to build this companion. And over time, I realized that it's actually possible. It's technically possible. And in 2013, there was this movie, Her, where you would at least get a glimpse of what is possible with this, you know, system in your ear that, that would kind of be your companion, etc. And so over time, we decided that this needs to be built. I also wrote my uh, thesis about that. It's called uh, Therapist in the Ear. And when Herbert and I met, 
it was clear we got to do something. It was even pre-pandemic that we realized some a tsunami is coming and it's not going to get go away by itself. So yeah, we decided to make mental health first measurable to pick up on those early signs and be able to recognize the signs that our bodies and minds are giving us, but also to create something that helps you in the moment. So measurement in the moment and support in the moment. And we know that humans, we all are very bad at listening to our body and our, our, at picking up early cues. It's difficult really to know whether this is a headache because of something, or if it's an onset, the onset of a mental health issue. And what we're also not good at is at connecting the dots. So we, we sort of forget that maybe we have been slowly but surely getting worse. We, we, we don't take breaks. We, we've been stressed. Under, we've been struggling with underlying negative thoughts, etc. And we're not so good at detecting that this is getting worse. And every problem starts small. Every problem starts small. If we could catch that problem while it's small and provide simple help for it, then it needn't become big. Life is hard enough, you know, and there's so much suffering out there that could be prevented if we had early detection. So the measurement part and then the, uh, the other part that generates the help that is hyper-personalized just for you in the real time. That's what, how we came to build EarKick. Yeah, wow. That's a pretty awesome story of how your guys' stories converge together. Yeah, that, that's awesome. You also have a, a background in psychology, right? Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah, I, uh, I studied uh, management psychology and, and then digital, tra- digital management and transformation. I did this because it's very related to music. As a musician, you need to, you need to understand your audience within seconds. You need to pick up on those very, very subtle cues and you need to get them into an experience, right? And from there, I knew that the human mind is quite difficult to understand. It's very complex, but we have a certain way we tick. And psychology gives a lot of cues and a lot of ideas about how this all plays together. So I I got really, really drawn into that. I think psychology has a lot of answers, has a lot of questions too. And it helps you understand that there is no easy answer or quick fix for things. There's no easy answer? No, everything is quite complex when it comes to psychological questions. But the steps that you take to get involved and to make changes can be very easy and they can be very clear, right? So that's what I learned from psychology. Yes, the the problems uh, that we have, the challenges as human beings can be very, very complex and there is not just black and white. But approaching a problem, and most problems are because we need to change, approaching those problems can be done in very simple steps. And it's all about those simple, continuous steps aimed at a certain goal that um, it's all about that. Also with with EarKick and everything we do is showing you where you have agency, where you can take control and where it's not up to you, where you, you have to let go. Right. And once you get a certain idea of where you have agency and what you can do, you can focus on that. 
And you learn to not stand there and feel like everything is done to you or, you know, the world owes you and everything is fucked up and mean, etc. So that is the, 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 that is why I'm so much into psychology and that's why I put this whole knowledge to work in tech. That's really cool. So you chatted a lot about how like we have to kind of identify where we have agency and where we have control. I thought that was really cool because I was listening to, you were recently on the Tom Style show Mm -hmm. and there was this quote that you said that I just want to read out because it was so good. So this is what you said. You have to seek deliberate discomfort because that makes you feel 100% alive. When you expose yourself to discomfort in a deliberate way, then when discomfort comes that you didn't ask for, you can deal with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I just I thought that was such a powerful quote because, yeah, I was talking a lot about discomfort. So how how would you recommend that people should I guess try to seek discomfort in their life or place discomfort in their life? It's a very very good question. I think. Everyone has their own way to do this. Discomfort could be something like doing sports. It's, it's uncomfortable, right? <laughs> At some point you start to sweat and you have to push yourself a little bit more. But what you in essence do is you create sort of a discomfort that is rewarded with, with some, uh, you know, feel good hormones, some neurotransmitters, and also with an effect, an outcome, right? That would be a very typical one. But most of the things that we don't like, for example, cold, being out in the cold, we, we just, the, the mere idea is like, oh my God, it's going to be uncomfortable. Why? Think about why is it so, such, so scary and why you think you have to brace for it. Just expose yourself and observe and look at your body, feel, feel the cold, feel it, you know, do something to you and then stay out there a little longer than you feel comfortable. And you will see that your body is amazing and that you can do it and you get used to extreme colds and longer periods of cold and you start enjoying that because you know you can do it, because you know your body's strong and because you can observe how your body starts to protect you. So what I do, for example, I sleep outside all year long, which is can be very cold, <laughs> but it's amazing. Well, it's, you get used to it. Um, and, you know, I have a blanket and I have a mattress and I, so it's, it's, it's okay. You know, uh, it's, it's, a lot of it is in your head and you breathe right. And, and you tell yourself, I'm going to explore this. I'm so excited to see what happens, to look at the sky and to breathe this cold air and see what my lungs do with it, etc. And this really makes you feel 100% alive. And what is what everyone wants? We all want to feel alive. We don't want to feel like somebody else is living our lives. We don't want to feel like we're missing out on things. And we sure don't want to get stuck in the past or absorbed by, you know, by thoughts in the future. So to make yourself be in the present and, and to feel every part of your body and your mind, it's easier when you learn to expose yourself to some discomfort. 
And it can be a lot of fun, you know? It can be a lot of fun. You just have to get over that first, wow, I don't want to. <laughs> wow, you have an incredible mindset. I think one of the things I've noticed from talking to you today and from listening to you on the Tom Style Show is you have this incredible willingness to go after life and to really want to live it to the full. It's, uh, yeah, it's quite a positive and infectious attitude. Where did this mindset come from? Well, it's, I think it has a lot to do with, I was born a curious person. Um, I, I, I always feel like there is something out there, you know, even if it, things look really rough, um, there's always something out there to learn, to experience. And I have had very difficult times and I, I know what being sad means. I, I, I know what feeling depressed means. I know what anxiety means. However, when I understood that I only have this one life and it's not against me, you know, it's something that is a gift and that I need to make the best out of it. And I can't postpone that. That's when I started to train that muscle of, of gratitude, of wanting to grab life and live it and wanting to experience it and not to hide from it, to, to, to just make it mine in a way. That's when you, you grow that muscle, as I say. And the more you, you do this intentionally, in fact, the more you do everything you do intentionally, the more you feel like you have agency, even in the face of really, really tough challenges. Um, and then you just grab those pieces of life and hold on to them. I learned that over time, and it's been a very self-reinforcing cycle. It gives me energy over and over again. It gives me joy, and it keeps me going when things get really tough, you know, and when, uh, yeah, when, when things don't work out I, like I do, I, like I would have them um, turn out. Uh, and, the, and the gratitude is where the gratitude part that I practice is what comes in and gives me the warmth that I need when it's challenging. And the curiosity part is kicks in when I have to choose between being afraid and shocked and going like, oh, but wait a minute. I'm sure there is something cool to learn here or to experience here. Let me look for that. And the anxiety goes away. But it takes practice. I'm not saying this is something that, you know, falls from heaven. Okay. So as the listeners, we've got to, we've got to practice that a lot more and kind of seek that yeah. discomfort and, and intentionally place it in our lives. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and get someone to join you. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to get some people to join me. We're going to be sleeping out on the balcony tonight. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> or go into it, take a cold shower. You know, there's so many things that you can do and it's double the the joy and and so much more fun when you do it with somebody uh, i maybe i maybe don't talk about that often enough uh, it's not about you doing everything on your own you can do lots of things with other people and then have this shared experience and this sense of belonging this sense of being alive at the moment together 100 percent. that's really cool okay that's an awesome tip okay so you've done a lot throughout your your career so you did music and then you went to psychology and then you've been in the startup space and, and now you've launched ear kick 
Mm-hmm. So a, a lot of the listeners are, are quite young. They're aged between 20 and, and 30. I guess reflecting back on, on your on your life and the amazing career that you've had, what would be some of, I guess, the, the life lessons that you've learned or life advice that you think a 20-year-old uh, would like to hear or well, not would like to hear but you think they should hear? Okay, so let me start out by saying the nowadays 20-year-old people are amazing. This is a generation that I love from the bottom of my heart. They have something very special. So I'm not sure I can give them any good advice, but I sure would have needed some advice when I was their age. I was I was really lost very often and mainly because I felt like I needed to have the answers. You know, it, it never occurred to me that it's okay not to know everything, that it's okay to be vulnerable, that it's okay to, to just sit and accept that you don't know and that there is no quick fix, right? I was driven to know everything, learn everything, never have any flaws, to be as perfect as possible. At age 20, come on, what are you going to do for the next 80 years, right? So that was one part. And the other part was also that I put too much emphasis on what others said or on what others told me to do. You put too much emphasis on what others said? Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I, I sort of put them on a pedestal, you know, because I assume that they know better because I assume that they had all this life experience and it may be true for some people, but I advise 20 and 30 year old people to, to be more curious, to to sit with the discomfort of, of not knowing everything and not let other people tell them that they should do this and do that and, you know, and have all, all these things that they don't have yet, right? They don't need to have all the answers, but they need to be good observers and they need to, to make friends with their generation, to make friends with who they are in the situation that they are and in, you know, the cards that they have been dealt. And then from that position, go and develop, you know, along their interests, along, you know, what, what life throws at them, etc. But yeah, I think especially the, the, the generation that grew up with devices and to access to basically all the knowledge of this world, they feel like they, they also need to have all the answers, but they don't, you know, they don't, they need to live their own lives. They need to make their own mistakes and they're allowed to, they should make them. They should live life, you know, scrappy and sometimes really making all these mistakes because it's called life. You know, that's what I would wish for them. Yeah. There's one other question I wanted to, to ask you. So you've had experience in, in psychology and now you're leading this space in, in mental health. Yeah. Mental health is such a big topic these days. You know, a lot of people, uh, have bad mental health. There's a lot of people that, you know, committed suicide and yeah, it's just, I think, you know, a really important topic. What would you say are some really good advice that you would give to people on how they should develop a good mental health or how they should try to get out of a bad mental health? Yeah, it's a very, very good question. You know, the first thing is to get an idea of where you stand today. 
and to start speaking about it to yourself, into the app, to your friend, but start the conversation going. Do it with somebody you trust, but you need to express what is going through your head, what, what emotions you're feeling. That's one part. You can write it down, you can video it, you know, whatever feels most natural for you. And that implies that you take some time for it. And that means it needs to be scheduled somewhere, right? Even if it's only five minutes, but schedule it because that's how you show I prioritize this. No matter where you are at, are a good place, not so good place. And then also we all need to have self-compassion with ourselves. We, we need to accept this is me. Mental health is part of my identity. It may be very uncomfortable, but it's also a chance. It's also kind of a, a journey to my future self. And I want to be on that journey. And I want to be part of the deciding where to go and how this should look. So don't go on that journey by yourself you don't, if you don't have to. Get some support and make sure you never forget that this is your life. There is no perfect life out there. Nobody has it figured out. Nobody is on top of things. I remind myself every day. And so you remind yourself that every day, every day, every day I do that. For me, life is like a huge roller coaster ride, um, especially when you're a founder of a startup. And we very often are tempted to think about the outcome, about the goal, you know, about where we're going to land. And we forget to learn to enjoy the ride and look right and left what's happening and, and try to, even though we don't know where it's taking us to enjoy that we're on, on that journey, that, that we're moving and something is happening within us and around us. And once you get comfortable with that, you start enjoying life, even if you have difficult days, even if you have, let's say a chronic illness, even if people are mean to you, even if so many things that could go wrong, do go wrong, you are the one taking that ride and you are the one sitting in that seat, try to bet to do, to make the best out of it. And the help that you can get from peers or from a professional or from a family uh, member needs to be something that you can grow, that you can uh, develop over time. So again, you need to schedule time for that too, right? And wonderful things can come out of that. Uh, wonderful friendships, I, wonderful relationships come out of this, these situations. And you have so much shared experience after that. So mental health or poor mental health can be a huge opportunity, a huge opportunity to get a piece of this 100% alive and to get to know yourself in a way that you have never before and to get to know others that are part of your life in a way that you have never before. So yeah, that's what I would say. That's some, yeah, that's some really incredible advice. Yeah, I really appreciate you sharing that. And so before we, we kick off into the, the last segment, yeah, I'd love to ask you, you've been building Airkick now for a couple of years. Where do you guys see Airkick in 10 years time? Like where, where's your dream and your vision of seeing this in 10 years time? 
Oh, it's very clear. <laughs> we believe, we're convinced that every person on earth deserves support, and deserves a very personal companion support for whatever challenge and situation uh, they're going through. Earkick will be a platform that not only helps you with mental health, but with other challenges too. And it will always put you, the member, the user, in the center of everything. You will be the one owning your data, everything, physical health, mental health, you name it. You will understand it. You will no longer have to go to a doctor and have everything explained. You will also be the one who can get the benefit of owning that data. And you will have the option to be prepared. But most of all, you will have a very, very good way of connecting with yourself, with your body and mind, and with your environment, with the people that you love, with the people that maybe you manage and the people that manage you. So all in all, EarKick will be a platform that empowers people, gives them agency to face life head on, get you know, in the driver's seat, and whether it's something that happens to them or some, a mistake they make, to have a way to get out of it and to keep living their best lives. That's what EarKick is going to be. And also the whole idea of early detection, whether it's you know chronic illness or something else, we should have a way to detect early signs and to be empowered to act upon them so that we don't feel like we are at the mercy of things. It's the whole idea of having like a superpower, if you will, that belongs to us and it, that is on our side, anytime, any place, no questions asked. Our own little superpower. I love that. That's awesome. So I thought we'd kick off into the last segment because you've, you've dropped some awesome life advice and yeah, it's been incredible chatting with you. So the final segment is called the final kick. It's four uh, rapid fire questions just for a bit of fun to get to know you. Yeah, <laughs> a bit of fun. Uh, so what's your favorite book? Ah, I don't have a favorite book, but currently I'm really enjoying um, Brene Brown's uh, Atlas of the Heart. Okay. What's that about? She basically defines every emotion or feeling in a very, very relatable way. And you learn differences that are, you know, all the difference in your life. You know, for example, what's the difference between envy and envy and jealousy? Or, <laughs> you know, what's the difference between happiness and contentment? What's the difference between regret and resentment. And around those terms, she tells you a story and she makes you experience that we don't exist in a world where we have like three emotions. It's so rich and it makes you want to live life to the fullest with all the feels and all the shades. And it helped me name things because we, we tend to not want to feel certain things. We don't want to be caught feeling envy, do we? We don't want to feel jealousy. We, we want to 
always be nice in a certain way. But the power of being able to name certain things exactly as they happen and uh, for what they are is so healing. So uh, I could go on and on about that book, uh, but it's not like there are many big books. It's just the one that I'm reading right now and I'm enjoying a lot. Uh, next question. What's your favorite movie? My favorite movie is <laughs> Cinema Paraiso. It's a it's an old Italian movie, and I haven't been able uh, to rent it or watch it again. Cinema Paradiso. It's uh, you don't even need to know Italian to understand the power and depth of that movie. Okay, I'm gonna have to go search for that one afterwards. The next one: if you could go back in time to one single day in your life to experience that day again, what day would you choose? Oh. I would choose the day when I gave birth to my second child because it was a birth with no pain. And and I, I had done, you know, some breathing technique and I was just, I guess, lucky. And that was a moment of utmost discomfort and utmost happiness because, yeah, I, I, it's difficult to describe. And then you hold your baby and, and everything. So if I could go back, and I would go through all the initial pain that you have before you give birth. Um, and the whole procedure, I would go through that again, just to feel so much alive again. Wow. Yeah, I can imagine that's a pretty special day. It is. And then the, the final question, if you could have dinner with any three people, dead or alive, who would you choose to have dinner with? I would love to have dinner with... Yuval Harari, uh, he's the author of Sapiens and a few other things. And I would love to have President Lincoln. And I would love to have Marie Curie at my table. Okay, that would be a very good dinner table. I realized I put you quite on the spot there with that, that question, but yeah, that, that would have been a great table to have. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Marie Curie is, is a woman, an entrepreneur, a researcher, a scientist uh, that just inspired me a lot. And uh, yeah, she paid with her life for, for her findings, but I'm sure she put herself out there and she it was all worth it for humanity and for herself. Yes, she paid for her with her life because at that time she didn't know that exposing herself to uh, radioactive substances uh, is is lethal. But she uh, advanced humanity and science by leaps. Wow. Okay, I'm going to have to look into that story. That's that sounds awesome. It is. <laughs> Thank, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, Karen. I know we had some uh, technical difficulties on my side, so I, yeah, appreciate you. Yeah, dropping some amazing advice and, and chatting a bit more about ear kick. But for the listeners out there, is is there any way, uh, is there anywhere they can go to, I guess, follow your journey or follow ear kick's journey? Um, and I can I can leave the links in the show notes. Oh yes, please. So first of all, let me say that we kicked off a WeFunder campaign. So everyone who wants to be an investor in ear kick can now be. Uh, you can start at a hundred dollars, and you know rest assured that you are part of a huge, huge movement and you're actually saving lives and making a difference in a lot of people's lives. So go to the WeFunder 
website. It's WeFunder and then search for ear kick, ear like ear and kick. We can put it in the, in the link in the description. And you'll find a lot of information. We also recorded a little video. Um, so it's, it's, it's really a lot to, to watch. Spread the word. Then, of course, go and download the app. Let us know what you think. Share it with anyone who needs a companion who's maybe going through a rough patch in their lives. And uh, yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Twitter. You can find Earkick on LinkedIn, on TikTok, on Instagram, etc. We look forward to every pair of eyes that follows us, that interacts uh, with us. So we'd love to hear from you. That's awesome. I'll, uh, I'll put those in the show notes below. But um, yeah, thanks again so much, Karen, for coming on. I'm really looking forward to seeing where your kit goes. And I'm also looking forward to seeing where my ear kit goes and how it learns to, to adapt yes. to me as well. So um, I'm very excited. But yeah, just want to say a massive thank you. you. You dropped some amazing advice. So yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Joshua.